Hello and welcome to Succeed Through Speaking, the place for experts and entrepreneurs who want high-value ideas to boost business results. Hello, I'm Tom Bailey, and in today's Speaker Stories episode, I'll be getting to know Alistair Frost, who is a keynote speaker, digital marketing pioneer, and future of business expert. So Alistair, hello, and a very warm welcome to today's episode. Hello, Tom. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for being here. And just out of interest, whereabouts are you in the world right now? I'm in uh, Godston, which is a little a little suburb of the M25, uh, just on the bottom, the six o'clock on the M25 yeah. wheel of misery that we all know. In the wheel of misery. <laughs> That's it. I'm awesome. Just Thanks for sharing. And I just want to just share a little bit more about you before we do get started. So... Alistair is a former Microsoft leader and inspires his audiences to embrace change with positivity so that they can thrive in our technology-driven world. His mantra is catch up, keep up, and never give up. And Alistair, given you've got that mantra and given our um, topic today is public speaking, I wanted to know that topic of never giving up, how's that played out in your public speaking career? I think it's it's a good place to start, isn't it? Um, yeah, you, it's it's a tough industry. I'll, I'll be honest, you know, and, and I think it's quite right that the body is uh, uh, naturally nervous and yeah. anxious about this whole uh, being on stage, being in front of people, sharing an opinion thing. Um, and it, it, you you get a lot of knocks. You have to be pretty thick skinned, and you've got to have a great deal of self belief. I think so. Yeah, never giving up um, in the speaking industry is key. Mm-hmm. I mean, but by the same token. Also, you've got to be smart enough not to flog a dead horse. You know, sometimes yeah. there may be topics, there may be an approach that you develop that just doesn't work. And you've got to have the flexibility to say, okay, I'm open to learning. I'll try something new. So, yeah. Yeah. Great. Right, yeah. Thanks thank so much for that. And, and just out of interest. So, I mean, how important do you think public speaking has been in your career to date? Uh, I, think it, I think it's been... It's, it's quite valuable. I, I spent 20 years in the corporate world yeah. first. In the corporate world, where speaking helped me is it gave me an opportunity to stand out because there's a sea of individuals. There's lots of people in the company. And there's not many who are actually prepared to put themselves forward and to you know put on a yeah. show, I suppose. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I, by having the confidence to do that, that, that allows you to stand out in the corporate world. And, of course, that opens doors. And particularly at Microsoft, it was wonderful because I got to go to big events. I got to stand on stage and do some important stuff. And I also got to host my own events um, because I was prepared to be the, the host and bring in speakers and do stuff like that. And I suppose that's what gave me the confidence and say, okay, actually, I wonder if I can make a living just mm. showing off on stage. Yeah, yeah, awesome. And I think when I was in the corporate world, we used to talk about performance, image and exposure as three of the big drivers for your career. And, you know, you can perform well in your role, but if you don't have a great image, personal brand, and you don't have exposure to the leaders and and the influence in the company, it's really hard to really progress your career. So speaking allows you to do that. It does. You've got to put yourself out there. Excellent. Yeah, completely agree. And and we've talked about, I guess, the benefits of public speaking and, and where it's Alleged today, but let's just go back to the very beginning. Um, what was your earliest earliest memory of having to stand up and deliver a presentation? Um, <laughs> obviously, I, I, well, I went through university, so yep. there was a bit of it there, but frankly, it was pretty shambolic. Yeah. My earliest memory, this is how old I am. I was at Kimberly Clark, graduate mm-hmm. trainee, and I had to go on a two-day training course to learn how to use 
wait for it, an overhead projector. Wow. Do you yeah. remember those things? Mm-hmm. I do. And and there was a there was a there were a couple of guys who came in and taught us how to use this thing because it's a newfangled bit of equipment. Mm-hmm. You could print slides in those days. Imagine that. <laughs> and uh, and actually, it was, it was really beautiful. It was almost like ballet. They had this performance thing where you could sort of put slide it on, then slide it off, and it was quite a lot of theatre was involved in doing it. But part of that was not just how to use the the blooming machine. It was also about how to hold yourself in front of the stage and in front of other people. Um, and then. From there, I suppose I moved on. You know, I, I did digital days at Microsoft. So then I was actually running the thing. And these days, I get booked to turn up and do a turn for big events and conferences. I love it. And, and when you think back, you know, you, you mentioned shambolic in terms of your early days of presenting. What was there initial fear? Was there initial, you know, anxiety when it came to speaking? Or were you always quite a naturally confident person? No, I I, I distinctly remember um, being utterly terrified. Yeah. And, and the first time I had a video playback of me doing a thing, I just wanted to curl up in a ball and cry. I, I, was, I, I looked awful. I sounded terrible. What, whose voice was that? And nothing made sense to me. And, and it, take, it took a while to get my head around the fact that the way we see ourselves internally is not the way other people see us, perceive us externally. Uh-huh. There are two parts to that. And actually, you need to work on the external perception because that's what the rest of the world gets to see. Yeah. And I remember being utterly terrified. And it took a lot of confidence to get back on the horse, if I can use that bizarre mm-hmm, cliche, of course. Um, uh, and to go again. Um, but I'm glad I did. So I would say if there's anybody who's not had any presentation training at all, do try to get yourself on a, on a decent course where you can just be in front of a few people, have a camera rolling, look at the tape and, and dissect it and pick it apart because there's, there's so much progress you make in those first early days. Yeah, it's extraordinary. The yeah. learning gets much harder after that because you once you've mastered the basics, you then move on to the more advanced. That's techniques. A, that's a really good point. One of the mistakes I made when I first started out I had a big fear of public speaking, social anxiety. I bought every single book on public speaking, presenting <laughs> confidence, self esteem. Took two years to read them all, and and still hadn't actually done any presenting. So I think to your mm. point there, you need to actually get out there, do it get some feedback and and just learn through doing it. I think that's a really good point. You need to get out there and do it. But the, the other thing I, I remember realizing was when when you, the early days of training, they used to say to you, imagine your audience isn't there and they'll say daft things like, imagine nobody, they're all naked. So yeah. you're, you're sort of like, you're you're in control and they're all naked. And that's really unhelpful because actually you are there for the audience at the end of the yeah. day. And actually, the thing that I had to learn to do was to forget myself, forget my inhibitions, my worries, my self-perspective, and be there for the audience and do something that was going to make their day really good. And the minute I did that, I started to enjoy the smell of the audience, you know, Mm. the noise of the people before, the rustle. And it's like, right, they're here. I can actually do my thing. Without them, I can't. And and that, that really helped me to forget myself a bit, which they don't teach you when you begin. It's all about me, me, me. And actually just... Do something for somebody else. Yeah, really good point. We focus on where am I looking, what my hands doing, you know, what's my voice (laughs) doing. Um, But in reality, if you're not adding value to the audience, um, you know, that's where your focus should be. So it it takes the spotlight off you. Um, So we've talked about some tips and advice and value there for for the beginning days. Um, What's what's the one thing that you'd wished you'd known back then? Like, what advice would you give to a young Alistair just walking out in front of his first (laughs) audience? Well, I think I would, I'd, I'd go back to that last point I just made. It's not about me. It's about yeah. the audience. But also, um, honestly, the other thing that you have to remind yourself, 
when you when you start out, you think everybody's watching and everybody's seeing those weird verbal vocal ticks you've mm-hmm. got and that thing you do with your hand yeah. and the way your foot taps and all that stuff that they train you not to do. But the truth is, the nobody cares. Nobody cares about any of that stuff. They just want to be entertained. They just want to. Have, they want you to do well. They want to hear something interesting. But nobody cares. And and I started presenting in business in like the 1640s or something with an overhead projector. And we didn't have smartphones and all these mm. other distractions and things those days. So they were kind of captive. Now there's a, there's a bajillion things that you could do other than <laughs> yeah. listen to the speaker. So they don't really care. So, so you've got to work very, very hard to get their attention and to hold their attention. Um, and and the, that's about putting the audience first, having them in mind. Um, and, and I think as time's gone by, um, particularly as we've gone through the pandemic and so on, out the other side, it, giving a talk is about entertainment. It's not a lecture. There's a huge difference between a presenter who's got some slides and can kind of talk you through them and a speaker. Yeah. And, and a speaker will go on to entertain. They will have a narrative. They will have a flow. They will think through the highs and lows. They will think about the wow moments. They've, they've got a big ending. You know, it's, it's, it's a performance. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and I didn't realize that in the early days, and I was just presenting for many, many years. And that's a good place to start. It really is. If you can get good at presenting, then you'll start to think, hang on, I wonder if I could do something a bit different here. Maybe I could actually uh, be a bit more of myself. And, and then, then, then your true personality will come through. Yeah, and I think a lot of the, the um, mistakes that a lot of presenters fall into is trying to get lots of information from from them into the heads of the audience but the reality is they're only going to remember probably 10 15 percent of that so just just give them that 10 15 percent and the rest of that should be stories analogies you know um your credibility humor if you have to and just all those things that wrap around that core message to make it really memorable i think that's yeah really people will remember the wow moments they'll remember how they felt they'll all talk about that funny story or that funny face you pulled yeah Uh, they're not going to talk about bullet three on slide 17 it just it and that's 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 quite a hard thing for a lot of people to get through because they think when i'm giving a talk i i will get credibility if i impart lots of information the truth is the best thing you can do as a speaker is to give is to really the, the hard part of the job actually is what are the three things that I need to say and what yeah. are the 674 I can ignore. Yeah. And once you've found those three things, you can really deliver those well. If people leave remembering one of those three things, you've done an amazing job. Yeah. And yeah. that's and that's and and when you realize that, that's why it's so hard to be a, a great speaker and it's so hard to do a short talk, like a TED talk, for example, compared to an hour on stage is really easy. You just go on and ramble and blah, blah. And, you know, you can go on forever. If someone gives you 10 minutes to deliver a talk, that's one of the hardest things you'll ever do. Yeah. But you need to have that sort of mindset, I think, um, because then you'll start realizing how, how could I go on stage, deliver if, for whatever time I've got, and actually land one thing really well. Yeah, re- really important. Totally different talk. Yeah, a- absolutely. And we've talked already about learning from mistakes and, and getting out there and actually just doing the thing and have there been any big speaking failures big mistakes that you've learned from along the way um i think one of the tough lessons i had uh, uh, just be- just before all the, the pandemic craziness uh, i was booked for a very large financial services organization they had thousands of employees but they were sort of bringing about 300 at a time mm-hmm. and i had to do the same talk to these people each time and it took several weeks probably over a month to do this thing yeah it was a bit of a road show um and i'll be honest 
it, it kind of came, became a day job. It became, yeah. it's almost like I was on autopilot. Yeah. And I lost that edge. I lost the nerves. I was a bit complacent, a bit cocky. Yeah. I knew, I knew the, the AV team were at the back of the room. I knew all their names. It was like, yeah. and I was sort of sitting there, you know, having a chat with them two seconds before going on. And there was one particular delivery there and I was doing all the thing. I was landing all my jokes. I, you know, I had all the stories and stuff, but I was getting nothing back from the audience. And, and that's a horrible feeling. And it was because yeah. I got complacent. Got it. So fight as much as you can to enjoy that feeling of terror, that feeling yes. of I am anxious. You need the adrenaline. You need that buzz because the minute it goes, actually, it's a lot worse. So that was a really tough lesson for me to learn. And I, I had to really pull my socks up after that because I thought, I can't, I can't do another delivery like that. So yeah. I frightened myself by changing a few things and putting myself on edge. That, that's, that's a great lesson because ultimately um, a lot of the people I speak to in the early days of, of becoming a speaker is that all they want is to remove that fear. All they want is to get rid of that apprehension. But, yeah. you know, what you're saying is actually, no, that, that adrenaline, that apprehension is what keeps you performing well and, and, and you know, use it. It's also, the complacency is also a symptom of over-preparation. Now, this yeah. may sound strange, but if you're over-prepared, over-rehearsed, if you've spent too long thinking about it, you can actually go to the other end and then, and then it's, it becomes slightly robotic. So it yeah. is about finding the sweet spot. What works for you? Find that thing where you're, you're confident you can land it, but you're on edge enough that mm -hmm. it could go wrong. And, and actually, it's that adrenaline that will power you through and they'll be the best speeches of your life. Love that. And just to bring that to life, I guess, from my own example is um, my way of controlling my fear was to memorize my script mm. word for word and bring the script with me on stage as a comfort yeah. blanket and basically just recite it to the audience. And huge mistake um, because it was robotic. It wasn't authentic. It wasn't me. It's OK if you say um a little bit and make a few mistakes, you know, <laughs> because that, that's what humans do. And it makes you more real, I guess. Yeah, and and, uh, and and I think that the thing with I've I've done a couple of times where I've taken notes on because I've got new material and I'm not really with it, but mm -hmm. the client was paying me to do a talk. And mm -hmm. if people can see your workings, that's what it's kind of like. You know, they yeah. can see you've got the script. It just doesn't feel like you're with them. Mm. You're doing a you're you're just reading something out, and yeah. that's the same thing as if you're uh, reading from the slides behind you. You know, people can see your workings, so don't do that. Hide those away. Find a way that you can brighten your hand. You can do all sorts of things. You can have, you have a little notes on the lectern if you've got one. Yeah. But don't, don't give the audience the impression that you're just going through something that, you know, could have been done anywhere. Because if that's the case, you might as well have just recorded it and popped it on YouTube and exactly. everyone could have stayed at home. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Put, put on a show. You know, it's almost like going to, going to a theatre production and all the actors on the stage have got bullet points and, and notes. It just, just won't feel real, will it? So, yeah, that, that's no, a great no. point. People want to be there. They want to be in the moment with yeah. you. yeah. Yeah, with you being present, absolutely. Um, okay, great. So I guess we've talked about those who are just starting out as speakers. They want to figure this out and try and understand their nerves and, and, and start to do this. Mm. Um, what about the other end of the scale? What about those people who have started speaking? They're starting to feel confident. They really want to get paid as a keynote speaker. Mm. What, what advice would you give to them? Um, it, it is a tough industry. I'm not going to lie. Uh, if you go on uh, LinkedIn and search for a keynote speaker, there's hundreds of thousands of yeah. them and uh, you know everyone's a speaker you, you mm -hmm. literally put it on your cv and you're a speaker anyone can you know anyone with the power of speech can be a speaker mm -hmm. you're not really a speaker until such time as you've got you know good recurring revenue and ref references from previous yeah. jobs and so on so i would say 
don't rush it. You know, try and master the craft of speaking so that you're good. Master your story. Do some free talks. Get get out there and sort of learn your craft a little bit. Talk to the local scout group. Talk to anyone who will listen. So you get to just practice what you're doing. Um, don't feel you've got to rush into the the big buck stuff because you won't get it. The uh, one to, there's a huge barriers to entry to mm. you know being a four, five, even six figure speaker. Yeah, because you've got to have an amazing website. You've got to have a showreel. You've got to have lots of evidence. You've got to have lots of customer quotes and so on. And you, you have to build into that. It's taken me years to get yeah. to that point. Yeah. Um, so don't feel, don't get disillusioned if you're not getting instant success. Work your way through. Just accept it's a marathon. It's going to take time. There's no quick quick fix here. And, it, and honestly, if you are suddenly getting bookings and you're doing well, you might be a flash in the pan. You know, there, mm-hmm. every time yeah. there's a, I don't know, uh, a new Olympics or a World Cup or something. There's a load more speakers come onto mm-hmm. the circuit because they've yeah. got that story to tell. Yeah, um, they will become meteoric success overnight, but then they'll disappear also very quickly. You don't want that. You actually want to build a business. Most of us, at least, mm-hmm. it's going to be with us for a number of years. I'm going to be able to take it places. So yeah. don't feel like you've got to be an overnight success. Yeah, and also just to build on that as well, you know, just because you're not getting paid to speak doesn't mean it's not going to give you a return on your investment of your time as well. So it might be if you're a coach or consultant, speaking and building your credibility, raising your profile can be financially rewarding just through the back of, you know, customers coming towards you, people clicking on your website, whatever your call to action as well. Mm. So, Of yeah. course, there are there are lots of ways that you can monetize speaking, mm-hmm. to use that horrible expression. Yeah. Um, but if you do want to get paid for speaking, then you've got to, you need to pick a lane. You need to be doing yes. something that nobody else is doing. You need to be mm-hmm. focused on that. And you need to genuinely be an expert in it. And actually being an expert in that thing more than being a speaker is is important, actually. Because people yeah. would rather hear from a real expert who's not very good at speaking than hear from a speaker who's like got all of the techniques and the fancy clothes and things, um, but <laughs> doesn't know what they're talking about. Yeah, so of you know, really master your topic, and if you can do that and you can make it unique, then you have a chance. Love it. There's been so much great value in in this conversation. I think one just final question for me is: if anyone does want to book you as a speaker, or if they want to get in touch and find out more, what's the best place for someone to find you online? Well, the uh, the hardest thing in this is you've got to be able to spell my first name, uh, yeah. which is Alistair, A-L-L-I-S-T-E-R. Uh, even I spell it wrongly sometimes. So it's, uh, if you can spell Alistair, A-L-L-I-S-T-E-R, and then my surname is Frost, you will find me. Uh, or you can go to alistairspeaks.com, and you'll also find me on most social networks. Under Incredible. Alistair. And for those people struggling to spell Alistair, I'll put those links into the show notes <laughs> as well so people can click on that and they can connect with you online. So... Thank you so much again for your time today. You've shared such great value with our audience and I really appreciate it. My pleasure. Thanks. Thanks.